0: Welcome to Vets Talk. This is Kevin Horgan, co-founder, along with Charlie Scott, of our free and open venture to bring veterans into the limelight through stories, biographies, subject matter expert interviews, leadership lessons, and sometimes ranting and raving and howling at the moon. Now, Vets Talk is a collaboration with Zach Knight and Knightly Productions and Vetlana, a team that networks with transitioning veterans to make the Atlanta area the first choice of locations to settle in, to live, work, play, and pray, and maybe raise a family to stay connected to our tribe, the veteran community. Hi, Kevin Horgan here with Vets Talk, and I want to introduce Blake Baldwin, a good man and a fine Marine, who's going to tell us about his uh, work at in the Marine Corps first, and then second as the uh, boss of Operation Rally Point. So, Blake, take it away. Tell us about yourself.
1: Awesome. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Uh, my name is Blake Baldwin, um, Marine veteran. I uh, spent 10 years in the Marine Corps, got out as a staff sergeant, a uh, couple combat tours in Iraq, some time spent in other places around the world, having fun, seeing the scenes, and spending taxpayers' money. Um uh, <laughs> After I got out of the Marine Corps and decided what to do to myself, I uh, wound up having a few different jobs here and there and then and wound up in a marketing position, uh, moved to Atlanta and did marketing for a little bit, selling internet marketing uh, and left that world and went into construction, uh, grew up in construction. So it was an easy transition for me. Uh, started my own contracting company here in Atlanta uh, back in 2006 and did that until here recently. Uh, pretty successful, did very well, um, able to hire a lot of people, put a lot of people to work. COVID hit, we we survived through that, but in COVID, um, I had a chance to meet the CEO of our organization, Brandon Watts, um, and he was already doing this, uh, helping homeless and displaced veterans uh, since 2015, and they've been pretty instrumental in providing a piece of the puzzle, uh, that's, that's not really addressed um, with, with the veterans who become displaced or homeless for whatever reason it is. And that's help with immediate housing assistance. Um, there's lots of places out there that can get you, a, you know, your VA home loan and you know, get you some financing here, you know, a job opportunity there, but you're not thinking about that stuff whenever you're worried about where your family's gonna sleep at night. So Brandon would come to me with certain needs. Um, I met him through, I met him at the uh, VFW Uh, here locally at an event. And we wound up with an organization I was a part of before we wound up taking them as our, as our charitable cause. And as we got to support them a little bit more here and there, you know, I I started really, really seeing that all the money and all the effort that was going into the organization was going right to the veteran. Um, There there was no frivolous stuff. Uh, Brandon lives off his va disability um all the money that comes in goes towards housing veterans uh when the organization was founded and kind of what gave him legitimacy for me to personally um cut a check was that him and our one of our co-founders founders founders, sorry johnny um, grimes who he served with um in the army uh together they spent 100 nights with the homeless on the streets down in atlanta um you hear homeless veteran and everybody thinks, you know, the guy in the green field jacket that's downtown peeing on the the Capitol steps, you know, cussing people just, you know, being the guy that you see in the movies, and that's not the homeless veteran that we see. Uh, they are out there, um, but they're beyond wanting anything that we have to offer them and we're always going to offer it but if, if they're not, they're not going to be receptive we're not going to force it on them obviously. So, yeah, and so the people that we, those guys went down there and spent 100 nights on the street with the homeless of Atlanta to learn what really a a homeless individual, per se, is is facing, and then specifically running into the veterans down there and finding out what their specific story is, because being a veteran, serving with other veterans here um, in the organization, we are Come to find out we're one decision away from being that guy you know from being that brother or sister mm-hmm. that's on the road because of the lack of transitional assistance that we really get um we hear about transitional assistance and we're getting out of the service uh, but i tell people that the best way to put it into a picture for the lay person is we've all seen forrest gump and he's playing ping pong and the guy comes in the officer comes in hands him the paper is his walking papers and he says what's this he says you're out and he runs out that's how we get out of the military you know we we wake up every morning we have a place to be we know what we're supposed to wear we know where we go eat and we're told what to do and we come back and we screw around a little bit going to the gym or doing whatever we do in our free time but then we go to sleep and do it again the next day for a career for some folks you know and and the, the thing about it is is you're not used to the real world when you get out you're not used to having to pay rent you're not used to having to go find a job you're not used to going to a job and having to figure out how to do it all on your own, you know, and, 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 and what we're finding a a big, a big common denominator is the mental health piece, um, which we're, we're all aware of, uh, but that's what we, we see big time, uh, with our clients is the mental health piece. And we're finding that we get them into the housing, and it really helps to alleviate a lot of the stressors, what we we refer to as a cognitive burden, um, frees them up to really start to consider the future, not where am I sleeping today or where am I sleeping tomorrow?
0: Can I ask you a question, Blake? Sure thing. The, um, there's, is there a distinction between, and these are general numbers, the the average homeless person out there, they say the numbers, about 70% of the homeless people out there either have uh, substance abuse problems or mental health issues. Is that the same ratio that you see with veterans?
1: Um, not really, honestly. Um, first, the, the first point of that is is the numbers, right? So that's that's what we're looking at. We're looking at empirical evidence that is collected by the VA um, and other, other organizations who would benefit from that number going down, uh, who are accountable for that number going down, as a matter of fact. Well, Their numbers don't seem to jive with our numbers. And the way they do those surveys um, aren't gonna let that happen. Uh, They're not going down at all times of the night to count the homeless folks. They're not going out on the holidays. They're not, and and they're only exclusively talking to veterans who are really at, at food kitchens or shelters. They're not counting the ones that are in their car. In a parking deck somewhere. They're not counting the ones that are sleeping on a friend's couch. You're homeless. You're sleeping at your friend's house on a couch, you're homeless. You know, or you're about to be evicted. Um, you're just waiting for the sheriff's department to come and and help you move your stuff out. That that's those people aren't counted, and those people are really the ones that are that are out there that are there's probably as many of them as there are actual homeless on on the street who are who are being counted, and and some mental illness may come from lifetime experiences growing up. Some of their mental illness uh, can certainly come from their service, um, and I I truly believe that a lot of folks have a lot of of strain that they've never experienced, even in their service in their life. Whenever they're out and they and they realize that the bank account's empty. The credit cards are maxed out. I've been evicted. I have a family, and they're stressing about that. That I mean, I can't imagine mm. the strain that puts on somebody, and the and the kind of mental just not not a sickness, but the mental strain and and, and exhaustion yeah. that comes on that. And and working with the veterans that are in our program, it it makes you super appreciative of what you got that's for sure um but you you do see that you know it, it helps you appreciate what's there and in these folks we provide wraparound services here also um with plans of making them a lot more effective but we do have relationships with some mental health counseling substance abuse counseling um financial what,
0: counseling it, uh, what do you mean by wraparound services you got to help me out what does yep. that mean
1: so wraparound services is, we're obviously, we're set up, our primary mission is get you off the street, get you into permanent housing, going down the, the roadmap. Well, housing 90, 100% of the time is not your only issue. So there's other things that, that need to go into your success. Okay. So okay. getting your financial get piece straight. So that's that piece, you know, getting your getting your mind right. If you're, if you are, if you do have a substance um, addiction, we've got to get that right before we can get anything right first. Right. So right. if you've got severe PTSD, um, we've got to get that right first. And we do have relationships uh, with some organizations to where we can refer them to them, knowing that when they get out of that, they're still homeless when they get out of that program. However, right. sure. before we set them up with that program, we make sure that that veteran knows that when you get out, you call us because you're not out of our program. Okay. We still are in the fight with you. So when they get out, we put them into our housing program, and then we can start taking down the next wall, the next wall. Financial pieces, uh, work, mental health. Okay. Um, how, does client,
0: how does a client? How does How do you obtain clients, or how does a client find you? If I'm using the right term, client.
1: Yep. yep. Yeah. We uh we we call them a client. Um, it's we only serve veterans. Um, we only. It you can be combat, uh, a, a combat deployed veteran. Or just a, a regular service veteran if, you, if you've done your time you you are obligated or we're obligated to help you that's how we feel you you put your hand in the air you're part of the the two of, percent of the population you you deserve some help afterwards um we are on the the national uh crisis hotline uh which we got on it we're not really sure how we got on it. event uh, initially years ago brandon's like i was getting calls from north carolina new york and we actually had flown somebody down here that called us, um, got her and her daughter out of their situation, flew them down here and got them back on their feet. And uh, they, they got back on their feet and went back up north, but we gave them an opportunity. Wow. Um, wow. And then we straightened that out. <laughs> we can't really be taking those phone calls very often yet. Right. So we, uh, sure. we've we got it nailed down locally, but we get calls from the CRRC over at the VA. Um, we get calls from a lot of these other organizations um, that like we work with a organization here locally that's called Fish Faith Faith and Serving Humanity, and they take uh, donations and stuff, but they also make a lot of a lot of the stuff that they do there, and the 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 revenue they generate goes back out here into the community. So they help out with trying to get people homeless folks, you know, into a place to eat or to sleep and to eat, um, get people food, get people clothing. So those organizations will send folks over to us. And we will, we will put them through our program and with their help, some of the programs that we, we utilize, there's some government programs, um, SSVF and some other ones to get people into housing. Some of these organizations will help us pay the first month's rent to get them into there, um, and whatnot, but they don't have that piece for immediate help. And that's the, that's the, the bridge we're, we're trying, trying to build is get them off the street and into permanent housing you know we we don't want to help folks for a night or two we want we want you to know that hey you now don't have to worry about a roof over your head and so these other organizations can't really provide that but they provide those other pieces so when we do get them it's usually on referral um where we're located we're out in monroe georgia so we're just east of atlanta uh close right. to athens uh, so there's not a huge homeless population here, thank God.
0: Okay. Right. Um,
1: there is a ton of opportunity though, and we we planted our roots here strategically because of all the job opportunities there are. And there's manufacturing jobs, there's restaurant jobs, there's contracting jobs. There's lots of different jobs that you can get a good livable wage, and the cost of living is not astronomical.
0: Right.
1: You know you're gonna have right. a very hard time getting back on your feet in downtown Atlanta. Um,
0: right it's not no, just, no I don't don't anybody want to be there anyway
1: that's right i avoid it like the plague i when i'm going by <laughs> going to the airport it's it's i'm sorry highway patrol is as fast as i can get by there i'll tell you yeah. that well Safe, you know something safely. you mentioned
0: some, yeah you mentioned something interesting the your target market and i'm not trying to be clinical but your target market is not the one or the per- person needs one or two days mm-hmm. um do you have a do you have a facility with beds do you have a hotel facility referrals what do you what do you do for that person who uh, still has to get through, uh, let's say, a substance abuse problem uh, mm-hmm. and running through jobs? Walk me through what you would do with me mm-hmm. if I came in and said, listen, I'm at the end of my rope. Here's my DD 214. I, I need some help. Sure thing.
1: Well, initially, what's going to happen is you're probably going to come to us from a phone call. So our first contact with you would be on a phone call. So when we do talk to you on the phone, we're not asking for your DD 214. We've all served. Um, All of us know just enough to be dangerous, to where we can ask you a question: "What'd you do? Where's your MOS?" You know, we can ask you a few vetting questions, and that's all we need initially. If you're that guy who's going to take advantage of an organization to get a free night in a hotel room, you know what? We helped another human being because that's at the end of the day, we're all human beings. So we helped you out, but boat space is limited you're walking (laughs) so he's gone but we've had that happen literally once ever and that was a long time ago and i blame brandon for that um but because that was before my watch so i don't count it so we'll get you on a phone call and we'll we'll briefly vet you we're not going to ask you how you got here we're not going to make you take all these intake forms it's we're going to relieve that cognitive burden first and foremost you can't think about anything else until you are in a safe place security and and safety is all we want right so we take that off the off the plate now whenever you do get that we partner with a few hotels here um, in the atlanta area uh, that give us discounted rates to house our our clients Uh, we have also recently uh, over here in the monroe area been acquiring uh, leases for some housing to where we can we can now control the housing uh, environment that's the big problem that we run into now is thank god for the relations with the hotels we have but we're space a so we don't even know what inventory we have until after about five o'clock in the afternoon unfortunately whenever they right. they stop doing check-ins um and now right. they go okay you got these rooms so we'll we'll be able to lease that or rent them out at a, at a lower rate uh, right. the hotels that we are blessed to be in relationship with aren't the ones that you want to be in very long let's just put it that way so there is there's motivation for upward mobility (laughs) certainly is because all you do is stick your head out the door however um at the end of the day you're still behind a locked door you can take a hot shower you have a microwave tv and a warm bed to sleep in that relieves a ton of what you got going on and so once we've got you in there um we try to get you out towards us as quickly as possible East of the the city um, just to, again, slows things down for you. Um, And that way you're closer to us if you do need anything. Uh, But once we get you in, you've got your, your housing now handled for a little bit. Uh, We see if you've got any food issues, do you need food? Are you on medication? You know, things that you've been neglecting, maybe not by choice, obviously, but have been neglected because of the, the hierarchy of needs. So we make sure you're getting those things again. And then we bring you in here for an interview in in a day or two, Uh, sit you down, get all your pertinent information, find out what your disability rating is, find out what it is that you're eligible for uh, and start getting you applied to those things. We've got a veteran services officer here that's awesome. uh, Mike Madsen, Uh, he helps out all these folks. He's helped us personally, myself personally, Brandon personally with getting our, our disability ratings increased. Um, and he helps these veterans do that. And then we can start looking. Once you get, once you get service connected, it opens up a lot of, a lot of resources through the VA and through some of these other governmental programs that, that you're eligible for. So once we get that established, we can start working towards getting you on your feet, getting you the wraparound services that you need. Um, and it, a lot of people that have a lot of that stress. The, the big thing is that housing, especially with the weather being mm. up and down here, it's cold, or uh-huh. raining, you know, it's it, it's miserable. You know, yeah, I, how I about, take
0: how about uh, how about things like transportation? Sure. How do you deal uh, with
1: that? Well, a few different ways. Um, unfortunately, a lot of our clients have been living in their car, so they do have transportation. Um, a majority of them have some way to get around. A majority of our veterans do. Okay. Uh, the ones that don't, we will Uber lift, um personally drive them uh to things they need to get to. Uh we have given away, I'm trying to remember, I want to say the numbers 15 or 16 cars um that have been donated to us. Uh we work with some of our partners over at Christian Brothers. Uh those guys have been super helpful for us here locally uh getting those cars up and and serviceable. We don't want to give anybody a problem, you know, but we do want to mm-hmm. give them you know an opportunity. So we'll get those vehicles uh fixed up and donated. And give those to the veterans um, as we get them. Uh, and there's there's a few a few people here locally. we've given them to uh, the veterans here who have been it's been a, a, a lifesaver. and then and and then you know, locally too, there's help here. Uh, we've driven yeah. we've driven some of the veterans personally uh, around to some appointments, things uh, to get them going. But transportation is surprisingly not as big of an issue. Uh, that we have to handle as, as one may think when you're talking about a homeless, uh, a homeless client. Um, again, that number that's not really counted is the one that's sleeping in the car who doesn't yeah. get counted. Right. So we get them around that way. Um, but the plan is to have a campus. Um, we want to have our own campus. Uh, we're actually identified a couple properties out here. That would be perfect. Cause they used to be an assisted living facility. So they've already got rooms. All the rooms got bathrooms. Yeah. They have office spaces, they have a common kitchen area, and they have some lounge areas. And and we want to have that campus so that, A, we control the environment. The environment's a big deal. If you feel like you're locked in a room and you can't go outside because the environment outside sucks, it's not really conducive to recovery. So we want to have them in a place that's access controlled so nobody that's going to disrupt these folks getting well is able to, to, to reach them. Um, we do, we do help some folks who have been in abusive relationships. So that's another, you know, another reason we, we want to be able to control the environment. And then once we control the environment, the residents are either a employees who are working to help our brothers and sisters or their fellow clients. And as we know, in the military, you know, getting broken off by a higher up for doing something wrong by yourself is a lot harder than doing it with a group of people. Suffering is a universal language, you know, (laughs) suffering is a universal language. And if we're all, that's right, you know, and if we're all suffering together, you know, you can share that burden. And when you have a success, you don't have to have, you know, your glass of beer, your glass of wine in the night. Think about how that was nice. Now you can celebrate it with folks around you who are invested in your success. Not only is your success going to motivate you and the people who are helping you, it's going to motivate that guy that's where you were a week or a month ago. And okay. and that's huge, huge, and just having that kind, being in that environment, we truly feel is going to help these folks get back on their feet, see that there is a future past tomorrow, and and help them plan for that, um, and then come back and be a part of the program. You know, we want to we we really want to have everybody kind of move out of this direction. A because we truly feel life is life is a lot better. Um, yeah. As in cost of living's down, uh, we're in a Monroe is a is, is small town USA. We got yeah. our, our main drag is busy, but it's heavily trafficked with foot traffic and with regular traffic. But there's a lot of folks here who are still very patriotic, um, sure. and they're very generous uh, with each other and with people trying to help. Um, so yeah. we've we've gotten a lot of a lot of welcome support when we we've been letting people know we're here doing this thing.
0: Okay, I got. I, we only have about five minutes, so I want to I want to ask you a couple questions. I, I'm going to pepper you if you don't mind. Um, Come on. The, if you if you can't donate time, mm-hmm. how do we donate um, treasure? How do we get how sure. do we get money to Operation Rally Point?
1: Sure. Um, what we're doing now is you can go to our website. It's www.op. O-P, rallypoint.org. Um, no E on the end of it. We're not fancy. Can't afford extra letters. So just T with a T. So Op rallypoint.org, forward slash donate. That'll take you to the donation page. Obviously, without the, the forward slash and the donate, that'll land you on our, our website, which we just just launched a new website for those who may be familiar with it before.
0: Very good. Excellent.
1: Wasn't super sexy. Not, didn't really convert super well, but it was a placeholder. We're, our, our mission is not, internet presence for establishing that, but you can do it there. That's the best place to do it um, for folks, or you can write a check. Um, If you want to write a check, you can send that to operation rally point uh, at over here in Monroe at one thirty-seven North Midland Avenue in Monroe at three zero six five five. But that's the, that's the main ways now. And we're we're starting some campaigns currently with our, we've got a new um, development director, Tyler Bowser. Uh, air force veteran that's why he's doing development good man he's,
0: tyler's good man
1: yeah a little more polished as you know
0: than yeah, some of us he uh, <laughs> yeah
1: so he uh he, he's doing that with us now so he's he's starting a couple campaigns to be on the lookout for um okay. they're looking for um monthly giving or one-time gifts anything helps obviously
0: sure, sure do you have any grants do you have any do you have any big uh, fish out there
1: Um, not yet. So that's, we, they started this in 2015. It's been very grassroots. It's been very grassroots until about April of last year, when I decided to come on board, um, full time and kind of put the construction stuff off to the side, um, trying to legitimize this as a business, But I'll tell you, he's, he's a caseworker. He's probably the best caseworker in the veteran, the the veteran arena that we have out here. He is not a business person. He'll be the first okay. one to tell you he's not a business person. Right. You know, and we don't need our CEO to be a business person. We need our CEO to be a leader and to be somebody who's, who's walking the walk. And he's been doing that. Amen. And that's the only reason I came on board. I'm ultra skeptical of, of nonprofits, really, really biased against ones that, that take advantage of folks. And I'm super against the ones that are taking advantage of veterans, I obviously.
0: Understand. I
1: understand. So so yeah, we got we got everybody in place. Now with Tyler here. Um, we're going to be on the, be on the lookout again for uh, our our specific campaigns for specific goals that we want to set, and there'll be some there'll be some recognition for that. We've got plaques. Um, we're coming up with like this uh, a decal kind of hierarchy, uh, so you can show off in front of your friends. Be like, oh, you don't support <laughs> veterans. I support <laughs> veterans. Oh, you just all talk, you know. So uh, we're we're putting things in place, and Tyler will be pushing for grants. Now that we're legitimizing. Right. We're legitimizing the thing currently we don't take any grants um they've got one grant he got brandon got one grant uh probably four years ago from uh waffle house that that he applied for but that's the only one that's ever been applied for just because it it wasn't super organized and, and really like the way right. it needs to be to to apply for a grant which we found out right. in the talk with our grant writer in april we thought we were ready to apply for grants she's like you guys don't have anything ready for anything. We're like, Roger that. So (laughs) in the meantime, we've been putting all that together. Um, So we are, we're, we're all set to uh, fire off some grants. We've got some that are identified um, that we have very good chance of getting. And when those grants come in, depending on how restrictive they are, you know, we're really looking the next, the, the next goal is a campus, a campus where we can serve the veterans
0: So serve no the community
1: sense. and 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 get there because the money that we're paying out to hotels the money that you know we're spending on leasing these properties around here to put veterans in that's money out the door if we get to keep that in in-house that dollar goes a lot further and, and we mm-hmm. want to do that is we we want to best mm-hmm. utilize the money that that we raise ourselves through other ventures and especially that donor dollar i'm i'm okay. very adamant about That donor dollar going towards the cause. And if it's not going towards the cause, the donor who donated that dollar is thanked for what it did go towards. So hey, you know, that's awesome that this was an unrestricted fund. Thank you for helping us pay these bills this month. Thank you for helping us, you know, keep the lights on in our in our facility when we do have a campus. And there's a lot more that goes into it than just putting them in, putting a veteran in housing. So and people realize that, thank God. But a lot of these grants are very restrictive. So we supplement those
0: okay let me let me shift gears a little bit because we only have about a minute. Um, when you think back, um, can you describe for for me uh, this is a a marine who served 40 years ago. describe for me your who was your best leader and who was the worst leader during your 10 years in the corps?
1: Gotcha um best leader um sure. is a sergeant major who I still keep in contact who refuses let me call him Sergeant Major. Uh, his name's David Devaney. I'll put him out there on blast. Um, he was my sergeant major in savannah when i was stationed at hunter Army airfield there in that marine detachment i would be a lot more messed up mentally and emotionally from my deployments if it weren't for that guy he he was a, a scout sniper in the marine corps before i mean the guys he, he's tall enough to stand up underneath my table so he was probably the one they're sending in all the little little spider holes and stuff <laughs> but he he knew that we had to be mentally prepared to go to war before we saw war for the first time. The first time I saw a dead body was live was deployed, but the first time I saw a dead service member, uh, a dead, uh, the enemy was, was not in Iraq. It was back in the rear. We watched the Chechnyan beheadings with and without sound. And that was good when they were doing that. That, that was pretty entertaining after the fact. But we had the opportunity to talk about it amongst our peers in the rear, so that when we did face it, we were already we were already talking about stuff we saw. We yeah. didn't have to hold it in and be like, "Oh, this is this was this is something that I, I I shouldn't be the sissy who talks about this." You know, I'm not. I'm a Marine. No, I'm tough. You know. Well, we all that stigma was taken out of it, and thank God for that, gentlemen. I mean that that guy probably. I'm not even kidding. Saved saved my life and everybody in my unit's life. And the worst one was part of the problem with my job is we got attached to other units. So I never went with my leadership anywhere. So when we did get attached to a unit, there was a first sergeant who was very good at being a first sergeant in garrison. So when we went in Iraq and we're in Ramadi, garrison breaks out. This guy had a boonie cover that was starched like a campaign cover. (laughs) And he would walk around outside the chow hall in Ramadi in 2006 and yell at people for the uniform. Wow! I was going to clip him with our Humvee coming back on base one day, but I decided Man, not.
0: That was the sur- that was a surge too. That was uh, pretty intense times in Vermont
1: Exactly, and this guy's running around worried about uniform regulations at the Chow Hall wow. from guys who just came off a mission. So oh, wow. definitely the worst. And then again, I, I I can't I can't thank Sergeant Major Devaney enough about what he did for us mentally.
0: Well, I, I, you know, I, I gotta tell you, Blake, I really do appreciate uh, you being candid and, and you know, being vulnerable right now, telling us about the the best and the worst. I don't think you're expecting that, but I, uh, I, I want to applaud you and your team at Operation Rally Point. Uh, we're gonna make sure that part of this, at the tail end of this, that we put all the uh, uh, pertinent information on how to contact you for either um, donating time or treasure. And, uh, and I really wish you every success. And I, I, I plan to be in touch with Tyler. I've known him for years. So, uh, I'll make sure that I make my contribution personally.
1: Awesome. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Appreciate the time. Uh,
0: Yeah. Thank you for being on.
1: Thank you.